half studio, half graveyard, all Hollywood. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And, and this, this is Ghost, Ghost Town. Town. Oh, hello. What is up? Thank you all so much for coming. Yeah. We started as on time as we could make it. Yeah. Uh, I, why did I dress like a giant denim beanbag chair? <laughs> but Madison Square Garden, we love you. We Just love want you to know you. that. Thank you. Thank no, you so uh, much, every one of you. Dynasty Typewriter, hello, tens, Los Angeles. I see a couple nines and I want you to leave. Yeah. Just kidding, please don't leave. Donate money to our Patreon. Yeah. Because there's people going to be listening to this uh, podcast, so they won't uh, get the benefit of kind of kind of seeing what's going on here. So yeah. just let them know. I I counted. It's about forty k in here. Forty thousand total, baby. including us. Including, including us. No, it's including us. us. Absolutely. 40, absolutely. Forty thousand. We're, we're of the people. We're just like you. Yeah. Literally, we're just like you. Help uh, us. But uh, uh, everyone, but yeah. if I had to describe, but I want to like let the people listening know. How drop dead gorgeous everyone is in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. This is smoking packed. perfect tens. It's, There's it's one rowdy, nine in here it's though. Raucous. There is one nine, and it's up to you to figure out who that is. So <laughs> I also want to say, very polite, um, everyone uh, didn't want to make Satan upset, so yeah. nobody sat in the seat saying reserved for, for Satan. Satan. Big Satan fans here. Yeah, no, everyone's very of respectful of the devil. Well, and I either Satan uh, is showing up late, or he's already sitting here, Tastefully. and you could sit on his lap. So if anybody uh -huh. wants to sit here, it was just a test. Tell him it's what you here. want for Satan Christmas. Yeah. Just be casual about <laughs> it. There's got to be a better name than Satan Christmas. <laughs> There's got to be something He'll catchier. answer them all. Yeah. You just uh, have to be respectful. Yeah. I guess Halloween would be Satan Christmas, right? Halloween. Halloween. All Hallow's Eve. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. Not now. Yeah, I guess that's a whole other... Um, why are we wasting time? Well, that's what we do. We waste time. Exactly. If you think, oh, we're you disorganized here, no, we no, do no. this in an or okay. at all, if we record these, it's way it's, more disorganized. Is, we, I'm so happy to not be in my my cat urine-soaked apartment right yeah. now. I just want to say, like, I'm very yeah. humbled. I'm humbled yeah. to be here. We have real microphones. Yeah, but real we record at home. So you're you're here for a live podcast recording. Our, our very first one. Very first one. Very exciting. Yeah. You're at, you're at the ground floor of like a multi-level marketing thing, yeah. but we're not offering <laughs> yeah. anything. We're not no, even no, no. promising and this anything. This is not the first time we're gonna be talking about uh, Ponzi schemes <laughs> yeah, tonight. So yeah, just yeah. Wait for it, just sit tight. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we usually record in my apartment in Echo Park. We have a, a microphone with four coasters. Four coasters. it up to get it to That's mouth the industry level. standard is four, four coasters, coasters yeah. so to put five. it on. If we feel sexy, we do five coasters. Yeah, Just that's, if we want to go like all what? out, Yeah, bam. like that. What? That's, yeah. We're doing that. Yeah. That's when we we're put gonna, five. We're here to party. Yeah. Uh, we're going to well, be, uh, we're talking about like some fun stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to talk about some great stuff. Again, you're here for a live podcast recording. You're going to see how we do it. We're going to pause for a commercial break. Don't freak out. Yeah. Do That's not freak out. That's where we make out. all the big money. That's where we get the money. The big Hollywood money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. $6, $7, stop. Yeah. Hello. $2 okay. Patreon, $2 <laughs> Patreon, just make it rain. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's going to be real fun. fun yeah. Um, you know, I got my MFA in writing, so my dad is here, uh, too. He's right over there. So here we are, live in MacArthur Park. It's yeah. what you wanted for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Dropped out of community college five different times, and we're in the same spot. So hey! what? Who knows, wow. right? Who humbling. knows what the right Let answer you, is? We don't humbling. know. I'm not sure. Don't know. Woof. Um, yeah. Yikes. Well, we are really excited to do this. We're going to be talking about Hollywood. I like how I, I peeped the sheet to know yeah. what we're talking about, because I haven't done extensive research on this. Uh, we're going to be talking about Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Ooh. Ooh yeah. And uh, Paramount. Ooh. Ooh. And, and Chipotle. No, we're not. No, what? Say, why are we talking about Chipotle? Uh, oh, I don't know. I just throw it in there in case they want to sponsor us. Yeah, really? <laughs> to show them that I'm really good at it. Okay, excellent. Uh, yeah. And we will have some supplemental materials on screen here. Yeah. I made a slideshow about 15 <laughs> minutes ago. So you're welcome. It's not going to be like, production your, value. like your weird folder, right? It's not going to be. My weird folder? I know you got a weird folder in there. I have 40 weird folders. <laughs> yeah, you well, should be so lucky yeah, to see my yeah. weird folders. <laughs> Anyway, we're also very excited because we have a special guest joining us. It's our oh. first guest ever. Yeah, first guest ever, secret special guest. Yeah, she's not at all affiliated with Paramount, so don't even ask her. Yeah, get it out she's of your not head. Affiliated. She doesn't work there. She's never made money there. She is not at all a tome of information about Paramount, so keep it 
in here. She doesn't even know how to spell Paramount. I asked her. That's how <laughs> disassociated she is with Paramount Studios. Well, yeah. She you have know. a brain. Well, I mean, we found her in MacArthur Park. She was did a wandering, looking for parking. Did you guys Not parking? H. She wasn't looking for H. She was parking looking for in LA. parking. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to do like a Tinder joke next or what's oh, happening here? No. no. No Tinder jokes this time. And I'm going to try not to swear because my family here. <laughs> and if there's anything that's not going to make me swear on a, on a recording, it's having a bunch of family members here. Yeah. So we're going to do our best. I was just thinking, okay, no, keep it together. Anyway, um, so why don't we bring out our guest? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All the way from... Nowhere near Paramount Studios. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So don't ask her anything about it. Paige Smith. Paige, are you still awake? <laughs> I checked on her. <laughs> Yay! There we go. Wonderful. Yeah. Joining yeah. Us yeah here. Thank you. So Where we can we can get into the thing, right? Yes. Oh my God. Let's get into the thing. Let's get in. To it. Now yes. we begin the content. So it begins. <laughs> Buckle up. Uh, grab your LaCroix. <laughs> um, I read off of a sheet of paper because I'm a historian, and you should take me very seriously. These are all incredibly serious sources that I get. Don't watch me put my password in. Everyone turn around. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have some supplemental material, like the podcast I read off of paper, so that's a, a reality of what you're gonna be witnessing. Did you ever think you'd you'd come to a place where you'd sit and watch somebody and read off a Wikipedia page? <laughs> Did you ever think in your wildest dreams Dad? that we'll do anything for fame? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anything. Exactly. All right. So Hollywood Forever Cemetery. It's one of the oldest cemeteries in Los Angeles. It's located in Hollywood, obviously, at 6000 Santa Monica Boulevard between Gower and Van Ness. On the Melrose side of the lot is the iconic Paramount Studios. You don't know anything about that. Though, Never right? been. Yeah. All right, nope, good. Never been there. Um, the plot of land is the final resting place of Cecil B. DeMille, Johnny Ramone, Estelle Getty, Judy Garland, Zoolander 2, Indiana Jones. <laughs> These Kingdom are in order, the by the way, of importance. Skull, Monster Trucks, Daddy's Home 2. <laughs> um, so here's uh, some Hollywood. And even my uh, grandfather and great-grandparents. How about oh, that? You know yeah. that about me, huh? You know a lot about my dating history. It didn't just happen yesterday, so you don't have to be so sad. You know, just, right? It, it didn't just happen yesterday, right? Everyone got no. really sad when you said it. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> okay. I've worked through it. Okay. I processed it, so we can laugh together at it. Great. Um, so Hollywood Forever was founded in 1899 on 100 acres and called, originally enough, Hollywood Cemetery by F.W. Samuelson and a guy named Lombard. No, we don't know his first name. No further questions. Now, Hollywood, as you can see at the time, was really rural. These are like uh, trees. <laughs> you heard of them? Heard of them. <laughs> uh, it uh, had a population of about 100,000 people, which was surprising to me, and was kind of conceived of as an agricultural community. Now, it was founded by a guy named H.J. Whitley. Um, he is buried in Hollywood forever, and we don't know where the name Hollywood came from. Let me change this slide to the next one. <gasps> see that? Old-timey. Old <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We don't know where it came from. Um, there's a legend that has it that he was looking over his land from the Hollywood Hills, and he saw a guy coming up the hill, and he had a bunch of wood with him. And he's like, what are you doing? He said, hauling wood. And he thought, he said, Hollywood, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and there's another one, another story about his wife coming on a train from Ohio to Hollywood, and she struck up a conversation with an Ohio woman who had a farm called Hollywood, and his wife liked that name so much that they named this plot of land Hollywood. Now, Holly doesn't grow in Hollywood, so I guess we'll never know. You know? We're not going to figure it out today. No. <laughs> you know what? No, not today. All right, fine. Um, in 1897, Lombard and Samuelson, uh, along with some other rich white Hollywood people, formed a corporation known as the Hollywood Cemetery Association. You're going to have to just deal with this, everybody. Just slight pause for the next slide. This is what Hollywood Forever looked like back in the day. Um, the cemetery sold off large tracts to Paramount Pictures, which, with RKO Pictures, bought 40 acres by 1920. Part of the remaining land was set aside for the Bethlehem Cemetery, dedicated Jewish burial ground for the members of the local Jewish community. Um, including, here's an old photo of the cemetery grounds, uh, my grandfather's grave, too. How about that? I don't know. I didn't yeah. think we would get any. Um's. Oh, no, you get like, a lot of ums. Uh huh. Um, and his parents, who 
floor next to him on the south side, right there. Now, he was supposed to be buried, and my dad is in the back, so he will chime in, or my uncle, too. Uh, what cemetery was he supposed to be buried in? I forget. Groman Eden. Groman Eden. But someone else took his plot. There's a lot of family tumultuousness. I won't get into it because you guys are strangers to them, and that <laughs> seems like a lot. Um, but anyway, they essentially just wedged my grandma grandfather into Hollywood Forever Cemetery, <laughs> like under some tree roots, which is a lot how my family operates. So it's a pretty heartwarming story. Um, and Paramount now. Uh, let's get into that. Here's an old Paramount Pictures pick. Paramount is the fifth oldest surviving film studio in the world after the French studio's Gaumont Film Company, made in 1895, Pathé, which was founded in 1896, the Nordsick Film Company in 1906, and Universal Studios in 1912, right down the road, right? It's the last major film studio still headquartered in the Hollywood district of Los Angeles. Um, Paramount Pictures dates in its existence from 1912 founding of the famous Players Film Company. Like Sid Groman, Hungarian-born founder Adolf Zucker, who happened to be like a huge, huge fan of cinema, saw that movies appealed to working-class immigrants. With partners Daniel Froman and Charles Froman, he planned to offer family-friendly feature-length films starring leading theatrical players of the time. By mid-1913, famous players had com completed five films, and Zucker was on his way to success. That same year, another aspiring producer, Jesse J. Lasky, opened his Lasky feature play company with money borrowed from his brother-in-law, Samuel Goldfish, which you might know as Samuel Goldwyn. Um, the Lasky company hired as their first employee a stage director with virtually no experience, a man named Cecil B. DeMille, who would find a suitable site in Hollywood near Los Angeles for his first, first feature film, The Squaw Man, which I've not seen, but I assume it is not politically correct. <laughs> I don't know. You're doing great, by the way. Thank I'm, you. I don't know why I'm here. You're killing it. No, <laughs> you chime in. Uh, I again. I'm I have. I have a little. I have a little. Uh, I w I have a, little a little Paramount story. A real yeah. Paramount story. Just real quick. I, ju I just thought of it. That's uh, uh, yeah. I mean, he'll love this. Uh, great. <laughs> I went uh, pretty recently on a tour. Uh, my mother was in town. Yeah. And there was a bench uh, for the movie Forrest Gump. Right. You don't know anything I've about that. I've heard that that's there. I've yeah, but you have no idea. Um, <laughs> so my mother, uh, you know, she she sat and she took a picture. She posted it on Facebook. She she doesn't understand what autocorrect is, so it says uh, sitting on the forest hump bench. <laughs> <laughs> everyone in, we had a text chain going with everyone in my family. We have, I have like five brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. We're like, hey, should we tell her? And we're like, no, we're shitty, we're shitty kids. So we yeah. didn't tell her. So we left it <laughs> sitting on the forest hump bench for like nice. a week because uh, that's how she's going to learn her lesson, yeah. I guess. The forest hump bench is not on the tour on Saturday at noon. Yeah. <laughs> we will not go there. Yeah. So. Also, my, my dad got his Instagram hacked. Uh, but I don't, he doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> this is just, he doesn't know how to use it, uh, so he doesn't uh. deserve to uh, get access back. So now it's, it's selling vape pens. So my dad's script <laughs> is selling vape pens. <laughs> and he has no idea what to do, but he doesn't deserve it. I'm, I'm digging this Hollywood history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like illustrious. He's sexy. Jewish. Isn't that close enough? Yeah. Okay. Hollywood, <laughs> run by Jewish media. Yeah. Right? Sure. We'll find yeah. out. All right, we're going to find out. It is. I mean, historically, it is. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, Everyone turned on us. Calm down. Wow. God. <laughs> show, them, show them your grandpa's grave again. We need yeah, to get him back. Yeah. Put him back up. <laughs> Starting in 1914, both Lasky and Famous Players released their films through a startup company, Paramount Pictures Corporation. In 1916, um, Zucker maneuvered a three-way merger of his param of Famous Players, the Lasky Company, and Paramount Paramount Pictures soon dominated the new emerging film industry. So because Zucker was passionate about actors, he signed and developed many of the leading early stars, including Mary Pickford, Douglas Fairbanks, Gloria Swanson, Rudolph Valentino, many of which are buried in Hollywood forever. Uh, we'll get there. Um, the driving force behind Paramount's rise was Zucker. Throughout the teens and 20s, he built the Public Theaters Corporation, a chain of nearly 2,000 screens, ran two production studios in Astoria and Hollywood, and became an early investor in radio. Paramount was also one of his first Hollywood studios to release what were known at the time as talkies, which I believe are still popular now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going Maybe. strong, yeah. Going strong? Yeah. Anyone we're going to be in one one day, aren't we? <laughs> oh, a girl can dream. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but let's get back to some cemetery scandal because this is where it gets real juicy. In 1939, Canadian transplant Jules A. Hein Frederick Roth, lots of names, there he is, baby. Just superimposed. <laughs> like that? That's the only picture I could find. 
That's some like clip art action right there. Of the cemetery, yeah. With that glaze, like the glaze, like halo behind it. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck yeah, I'm into but it. But so close to his face. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He's so in it. he's actually. We can't close. tell if yeah. he has hair or not. <laughs> no, yeah. we don't know. We don't that care. That close. Yeah. No, we don't care. <laughs> Um, he bought a 51% stake in the cemetery, which was the internment site of his parents. Now, Jules Ross was a real piece of shit. If you have a friend and they're, you're like, you're moving to Hollywood, and they're like, Hollywood, they think of this guy. He is a real D-bag. Born July 23rd, 1900, he wore nice clothes. He had a sexy car. He had a lot of money. Mm. <laughs> I don't like him already. <laughs> Um, and he, he seemed rich, even though he wasn't, and he kind of was, but whatever. The reality was he was a total con man. In his early 20s, when Roth met a fellow piece-of-shit con artist named C.C. Julian, a man who had been taking advantage of the tremendous oil boom occurring in Southern California. By using an actual kind of creative newspaper advertising style, Julian had earned millions of dollars in a pyramid scheme, allowing him the money to set up oil derricks and gas stations across the region called Julian Oil Company. Um, but karma's a bitch, and it wasn't long before things began to fall apart with the Julian Petroleum Company. With Roth ask, act, acting as vice president of the company and lots of fraudulent maneuverings, stock watered down, and if you, like, records in, as a whole, suspicions grew. And after the public, public found out that Julian had sold all his shares of the company, the authorities finally caught wind. A number of men went to jail, but Roth and Julian took the classy route by fleeing the country... Julian made it to Shanghai, burned through the rest of his cash, and committed suicide in 1934. That's the way to That's go. The That's the, the way to do it. That's <laughs> the way to go. <laughs> Meanwhile, Roth wanted on 39 accounts. Nice. No password. Um, including grand theft. And now he's just staring at me. Oh, okay. He's back there. He's still there. <laughs> he's still there. He's persistent. Um, including grand theft and securities violations, retreated back to Canada. He was apprehended in Winnipeg, and after his court hearing, Roth snuck through a door reserved for jurors before disappearing to New York, where again he was arrested and taken to Los Angeles. So there he was convicted on 21 counts during his month-long trial, and Roth was sentenced to 9 to 95 years of incarceration. He in picked San 9 when he was... <laughs> he's like, nine. I was like I'll yeah. take 9. Yeah, in San Quentin. <laughs> Um, but, of course, he was a wealthy white man and got paroled in 1937 after mm. only five years. Hollywood, what's your dream? <laughs> but something happens to you at a certain point in your life, like you're reevaluating, you're newly out of jail after fleeing the country, and you're like, what do I want to do? I'm going to maybe get divorced from my wife. I'm going to buy a new car. I'm going to travel the country. This guy, at the age of 36, just bought the cemetery where his parents were buried in full. Mm. He really did it up. Plot you twist, yeah, yeah. Well, sounds cool. Plot twist. Yeah, no, it's that one coming. You might think, why did they let a criminal buy a famous cemetery? Well, Glendale's Forest Lawn Cemetery built... <laughs> no one was thinking that. No. <laughs> no one was thinking no, that? No, not at all. I was sure everyone was thinking that. None of them. Well... <laughs> nope, don't do that. Fine. Um, Glendale's Forest Lawn Cemetery was built in 1906 and it famously has... Uh, James Stewart, Gene Harlow, Humphrey Bogart, Carol Lombard, Errol Flynn, Mary Pickford, Gene Autry, Cubby Broccoli, my favorite name to say ever. Um, they were gaining a reputation as, as more of like the Hollywood cemetery. You know, in the race of Hollywood cemeteries, they were it's a war, premium, you know I mean? premium Hollywood cemetery happening. So Hollywood Forever was, was losing a lot of cachet. So then Roth took ownership of it and it further lost cachet. So after buying the cemetery, Jules Roth got busy using the cemetery known as Hollywood Memorial Park's operating money to pay for a lot of personal luxuries. And still, things went downhill. And another note, like most cemeteries in the country, and most of the country at the time, uh, it was a segregated cemetery. Enter actor Hattie McDaniel. Looking good, girl. Um, I like that little clap back there. Thank you for that. I heard a little tiny little clap. Just a little like, yeah, a nice. respectful yeah, clap it was nice for, yeah. for a decorated yeah. actor. Yeah, this is the theater. Yeah, exactly. So she was best known for her role as Mammy in Gone with the Wind, which she won an Oscar for, the first African-American Which is woman. missing. Did you know that? I didn't know they that. They don't know where the Hattie McDaniel Oscar is. What? Yeah. So she donated her Oscar to Howard University. Oh. And then when she passed away, uh, she owed money to the government. Mm -hmm. uh, they sold all of her property, including the Oscar. But then it got donated back to Howard and Howard doesn't know where it is. They say they never got it back. Other people say 
It was stolen. And it's and up to us to river. figure it out. Yeah. We're right, not everyone, leaving until we figure this keys. out. Just you are leaving your awareness. parking spots, your well gotten parking <laughs> spots. We're going now, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> At the stroke of midnight, we leave. Yeah. The, the popular rumor is that it was thrown into the river, but. Into what river? The Potomac. Yeah, that checks out. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Damn. The great old Potomac. So don't melt <laughs> it down. Don't make money. Just throw it into a river. Yeah. I think when we, uh, when this planet, when the riverbeds are drying out, we're going to find a lot of weird shit down there. Like maybe an Oscar. A lot of Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Hollywood Forever, she wanted to be buried in it because a lot of her peers were being buried there. Of course, Roth would not allow it um, because she was an African-American woman. However, uh, Hollywood Forever would be desegregated seven years later, again, much uh, against the wishes of Roth. And things kept getting worse at Hollywood Forever. In July 1974, the crematory was shut down after singer Cass Elliot was cremated. According to Cemetery Ground Supervisor, the crematory was in such disre disrepair that as she was being cremated, the bricks were just like crumbling down on her body. It's very graphic. And that was the last. Jarring. That was the last. Uh, Cremation they did for a long time yeah. was hers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it was until 2002, which we will, yeah. we will get to. Yeah. But what a last round of yeah. cremation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, well, we can't do anymore because we don't have a crematorium anymore because there's bricks mixed into body ash. I feel like at that time, I'm a uh, Hollywood, for, I mean, uh, Hollywood, like uh, there was just economic depression, uh -huh. uh, you know. Uh, all over the country, you know, in, you know, in New York and here, and uh, you know, there was like uh, gas shortages and a lot of crime and stuff like that. So yeah, everything was, was kind of falling by the wayside at that time, including Paramount Studios, which was also not in a good place. Eventually, Zucker shed most of his early partners and then blamed for the near collapse of Paramount in the Depression years. He was tossed out by the board of directors. His overexpansion and use of overvalued Paramount stock for purchases led the company into receivership in 1933. A bank-mandated reorganization team led by John Hertz and Otto Kahn kept the company intact, and miraculously, Zucker was kept on. In 1935, Paramount Publix went bankrupt. In June 1935, Johnny Otterson and Barney Balaban became president, and Zucker was bumped up to chairman of the board. Who saw that coming? Calling up. <laughs> Zucker reorganized the company as Paramount Pictures and was able to successfully bring the studio out of bankruptcy. Maybe worthwhile. We're back in. Well, here we go. Their parent company, Gulf and Western, explored selling the studio lot, offering the land back to Jules Roth so he could expand the cemetery. But because he really liked his money going more to Jules, hot tubs, PJs, he passed. <laughs> so Paramount kept the studio, which is a really good thing because if it sold, movies like The Godfather would probably never have gotten made. Um, Francis Ford Coppola wouldn't have directed. He was a Paramount hire mm -hmm. and a real push on Paramount. So I was in the uh, uh, part of that tour that uh, I went out with my mother, the one where she uh, sat on the forest hump bench. <laughs> yeah. That one, you know that one? Yeah. <laughs> um, they, we were in one of the room, uh, the, I mean the, the studio. Whatever they were filming there, it's like, how about a quiz show? Whatever it was, was filming <laughs> there yeah. at the time, but uh, that's where they uh, filmed The uh, Godfather. Have yeah, you heard about that one, Paige? Um, yeah, vaguely, just in my research. But um, Francis Ford Coppola was a, a demand of the mafia. Ooh. They actually said they needed Ooh. an Italian-American to they had, direct they had lived, the movie. They, they, well, one, they were going to call it the mafia. And they were like, can't do that. Can't call it the mafia. Yeah, so there were certain demands that the mafia had if The Godfather was going to be made, because they were not super thrilled about this movie. Uh -huh. uh, one of them was they had to hire an Italian-American to direct it. And they weren't allowed to use the word mafia. And they had to have Whoa. two members That's of... That's why they call them the family. Yeah. Family. They, they, have to have two, they had to have two members, I believe, of the mafia at, on set at all time. And then they had a, a, another one where they're like, hey, we're getting, a lot of, we're getting a lot out of this. So they were like, hey, we want, uh, I guess, all our friends and extended family to be in the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that cool? Real yeah. quick? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so the scene... Well, uh, Paramount's not going to argue with that. Right, yeah. The yeah. mafia says choice. they want to be in the movie. Like, Whatever you want. So exactly. the scene uh, where the, uh, at the wedding, uh -huh. all those wedding guests are all uh, friends and family of uh, the mafia. Yeah. yeah. Even you the children running around, little oh. mafia kids. Yeah. yeah. Tiny mafioso extras. Yeah. Just baby-sized mafia members. <laughs> yeah. Running amok. Tiny little mafias set, running around. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay. So we're going to stop for a quick break. Yeah. What's up, guys? Nolan here from Donut Media to tell you about our new podcast, Past Gas. Check out our four-part series on Ford versus Ferrari at Le Mans, one of the greatest rivalries ever in sports. 
There's love, loss, betrayal, and a whole lot of racing. It's a great story, one that we want you to hear. So check out Pass Gas wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. And we're back. And we're back. That's, That's how, how it works. works. <laughs> Technology <laughs> fills in the gaps, yeah, people. exactly. So by the 1980s, the California Cemetery Board began receiving regular complaints from the families of the people interred there. Family members complained that the grounds were not kept up. There was graffiti everywhere. There was trash everywhere. The heirs of the well-known makeup artist Max Factor, who was in Bethlehem Mausoleum in 1938, moved his and other Factor family remains to Hillside Memorial Park in Culver City after the mausoleum sustained water damage that made the walls like this like horrible shit stain. It was this color blue. Color. It was like Whoa, this, like this color blue that's right beautiful. here. <laughs> yeah, it was like that's that. Called, that's avant-garde <laughs> yeah, podcasting yeah. right there. It's very... <laughs> Uh, indie. Anyway, in 1986, a Los Angeles woman and a thousand other plot owners filed a class action lawsuit against the cemetery for invasion of privacy after they, after they discovered that Roth allowed employees of Paramount Pictures to just park in the lot when Paramount was under construction. Just everyone, come on in. Which Everyone's they totally welcome. don't do anymore. Oh, insider view. Mm, 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 mm. Paramount employees. Deep cuts. Yeah. Just park in the cemetery if you're late for work, right? Yeah. All right, little that's a little hack for you. Yeah, life hack. You're welcome. Donate to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um, things came to a head in the 1980s because Jules Roth needed to settle some tax bills and maintain his lavish lifestyle. He sold two lawns totaling three acres that were facing the Santa Monica Boulevard front of the property to a couple strip malls. Now this is the most exclusive photo I have. Everybody. And we're only at the 80s, people, so strap in, okay? <laughs> yeah. So if you're wondering how how long is this, we're only at 1980. January 1st, 1980. <laughs> You've seen it here first. We're making history. There's a, a little Caesars on this side. Yeah. yeah. There's a and it's scary. Oh, goes down. Goes down. <laughs> yeah. I actually used to live pretty close to here when I first moved out to Do you know, I did, I, I, yeah. uh, little side note, when I w first moved here, I did not get an apartment because I was talking to the, the landlady and she was like, she was orthodox. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to a, a movie screening at, at Synespia. And mm -hmm. she was like, that's disrespectful uh, mm -hmm. to, uh, to, to be like, Celebrating and entertaining, and then yeah. she was like, "Not gonna rent me the place." Whoa! Yeah, did she didn't rent it to you? No, but I bought it and kicked her out. No, I'm kidding. Nothing no, happened. You didn't. No, I didn't you do did anything. Not do that. Unemployed, <laughs> just like now. So nothing's changed. <laughs> exactly. Ah, life in yep. LA, baby. <laughs> yeah, I used to go to there's a video hut down the way that I used to. I, my my first apartment in LA, my I guess it was my second apartment, was just like immediately got bed bugs. Yeah. Like immediately and I would just walk along Santa Monica. It's okay. I'm in a better place. Look at me now. Yeah. MacArthur Park people. Yeah. Um so I just walked to the video hut, got some videos, uh head back to my bedbud bedbud <laughs> <laughs> apartment and uh just check my phone a lot. Did you rent the same movie over and over again or was it just like did you mix it up? Um I would mix it up. I mean yeah. they didn't have they had like six movies there to begin with. Yeah. So you just rotate yeah. through it. And then you'd stop stop by the little Caesar. Would you get would you rent slackers? <laughs> slackers. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah, slackers, uh Biodome. Biodome. <laughs> <laughs> what is I your can't think of movies. <laughs> I can't think of movie names. Jesus. Forest Hump. Yeah, four star. Yeah, that's well. That is a movie. That is that's a movie. The, yeah, Don't ask me how I know that's a movie. Subtitle of this podcast recording. Yeah. All right, let's get back to it, you guys. Yeah. Let's, let's We're focus back. 1980. On. 1994. Oh, wow. we jumped ahead. Yeah, Lucky you guys. Ahead. So in 1994, the Northridge earthquake damaged the crypts, and Roth didn't have the funds to repair it. To give you context, not the cri the. What? Not the other crypts. No. I don't know who's. It might be in the. I don't know who's here. The crypts. All of the crypts. Yeah. I was thinking of the gang, the Crips. You know, I'm what? from the streets. That's what, I always, what I always go to. Holy! Actually, this uh, you is know, going speaking in of a, a Northridge earthquake, uh, my my wife, uh, who's here, and my and my mother-in-law, they were in it, and my wife narrowly escaped death. Whoa! For real talk, that's real talk. Yeah, I'm she using my wife for content. She's pointing to the ceiling of the dynasty typewriter. <laughs> okay, good. I'll see. Thank you. We're yeah, back. she was supposed to. She stayed at a friend's house, and uh, the roof collapsed where she would be sleeping if she didn't stay at her friend's. Oh. And then I'd be single, baby, <laughs> hitting that oh video gosh. hut. Thank God you lived. <laughs> Not for oh, her. I've known you a long-ass time. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Wow. Um, okay. So Roth did not have the funds to repair any of the damage that the Northridge earthquake made. To give you context, at the time, Hollywood Cemetery's only revenue was charging families $500 for, to, to exhume their graves and move them elsewhere. They would pay families $500 to dig up their loved ones and take them 
wherever. For inflation, what's that in inflation now? $60,000. I don't know. I dropped out of community college five times. What do I know? You got the MFA. Yeah, you're right. Okay, 800. And that's my final offer. All right, sounds good. Fine. So Roth didn't care. In 1997, Jules Roth became ill after he fell in his Hollywood Hills home. He surprisingly had been embroiled in a scandal regarding another cemetery he owned, Lincoln Memorial Park in Carson. Trouble just finds this guy. You know? It's not his fault. He's just trying to make a couple bucks, a couple thousands of bucks to sell off to strip malls. uh, Several months before his death, Roth was bedridden and disoriented. And during this time, uh, his will was changed to provide for his business associates and maid, who were the only witnesses to this change and the signature on the change. (laughs) I'm not a detective. I'm certainly not a historian, as you guys have seen. But I think that there's something up with that. Yeah. Something's amiss. Little, something's afoot. Yeah. A little fishy. His relatives, which were listed in his previous will, were written out. Mm. Bummer. Also, like, his relatives probably put up with a lot of shit. You know? I feel really bad. Like, throw them throw them 500. Yeah. 500. To move, <laughs> to move their family's graves. <laughs> Roth died on January 4th, 1998, in an ironic twist. Um... He was buried next to his wife, Virginia, his father, and his mother in the cathedral mausoleum because the state of California had revoked the cemetery's license to sell its remaining internment spaces. Ousted from his own cemetery. He probably had a lot of bad karma. Yeah. A lot of, lot of things following that guy. You Most know? certainly. We should have reserved a seat for his ghost. Yeah. Here. Although I don't think you liked what, we were, what I am saying. What do you mean? I don't know. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Okay. I need to hear his side of the story, but whatever. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You got to get an unbiased account <laughs> yeah. of his. His. He's just trying to make a buck. Um, after Roth's death, Tayo LLC bought the now 62-acre Hollywood Forever on the verge of closure in bank in a bankruptcy proceeding in 1998 for 375 thousand dollars. Now, Tylo LLC was made of some young, hot, 20-something brothers, Ooh. Tyler and Brent Cassidy. Twins, baby. Oh shit! <laughs> Close enough. Hello. <laughs> Just right in front of a mausoleum. The Dylan and Brandon like of uh, yeah. the like Dylan and Brandon star. of cemeteries. Yeah. I mean that. <laughs> they look like the two Corys. Yeah. Posed like that. Yeah. It's like JT, two JTTs. Yeah. Woo. So they were part of a wealthy Missouri family of cemetery proprietors. Oh, but they have some shit too. Um, they discovered that the cemetery's endowment care fund meant to care for the cemetery in perpetuity was missing. Wait for it. Nine million dollars. <laughs> Just a cool nine mil. Um, the Cassidys also claim that they discovered Mr. Roth's bust in an antique shop. It was part of his personal artifacts that were sold at auction. And another glorious fuck you to the con man of Hollywood forever. In 1999, the 47th anniversary of Hattie McDaniel's death, the Cassidys dedicated a memorial in, in her honor at a prime location inside of the graveyard. Primo spot. Primo. They offered, they did offer to move her remains to the cemetery, oh, yeah? but her family said, no, no, we no, don't want to no. do that. Just don't like disturb the down. remains. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, five hundies? <laughs> and they're like, no, thank you. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Um, so the Cassidy brothers in invested millions in revitalizing Hollywood forever and also put a pretty hip. Uh-oh. Here we go. Yeah. Hip. Spin on things. Those khakis. I took this a couple days ago, and that's kind of how it looked then, too. How about that? Pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> they do documentaries there that are played in perpetuity on kiosks and are posted around the web of the people that have died there, so they really revitalize their lives. Um, they do screenings on the weekends during the summer, Synespia. We talked yeah. about a little bit of that. Have you, have you gone to a lot of them? Yeah, although last time I went to Synespia, I couldn't get a seat in the grass. Oh, yeah. If you guys go to Synespia... There's a science Get to a it. Get a seat on the fucking grass. Yeah. Because if you do not, and you sit on the pa- on the sidewalk, the pavement, yeah. we just had, it was like me, and I was like, oh, a friend from out of town, this will be a nice thing. And first of all, we were watching uh, Saturday Night Fever, which is, holy, have you seen Saturday Night Fever recently? <laughs> wow. Not a picnic in the graveyard type of a movie. The last thing I think I saw there was Showgirls. <laughs> and it was, uh, <laughs> and what, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks? Berkeley. No. Berkeley? Not Banks. Bur- Berkeley. Okay. Yeah. Elizabeth Banks. No. <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> Berkeley <laughs> was there. Uh, she Whoa. was there. Yeah, yeah. She showed up. Yeah. Wow. She tried to hook up with me too. It was so weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah. weird. I was like, get away. I'm a married oh. man. She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, you're going to do a podcast <laughs> in a couple uh-huh. of years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she's like, like mention me in the podcast. I'll be there. I'll be yeah. there. She didn't buy a ticket though. Well, I, I was looking for her name. Yeah, no, she was. Yeah. No, when I was there, I was sitting on the pavement watching Saturday Night Fever with a friend from out of town. It was cold. 
and a and a torrent of cockroaches, like <gasps> giant Hollywood cockroaches, like came at us. We were like fielding cockroaches, and I was like, "It's cool, grab the breeze." See, I think well, here's the thing: is you had beg, you had bed bugs, and you had the cockroaches. Is it them or is it you? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Is it? I want to stand up. My impulse is to stand up and leave, but I won't because no. we got more to say. Okay, so they were doing all these cool things. Um, it's still being held. Senespi is a real fun part of the cemetery. Blah, blah, blah. Just kidding. It's great. It is fun. I don't know why I said it like that. Anyway, you could wear a big hat. You could wear a scarf. Wear a no, you could wear a big flowy hat. Have you it's gone? No, Paige? I never have. Oh, really? I actually have. Get a big no. old hat. Okay. Get a big Isn't old night? Like, it floppy night hat. Time? It's like well, it starts evening. during the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And make sure to uh, like bring <laughs> wine and a little table with your bros and stuff like that. Yeah, and then boys. stand up like right in the middle of the movie when people are trying to watch it and be like, dude, that's crazy, right? She's naked in the pool. Is <laughs> that what the big hat is for? Block but, as many people uh, as There's possible. just a lot of people with big flowy hats. Uh, I haven't been there in years. But anyway, they reopened. Good news is, Jason, they reopened the crematorium in 2002. Yeah. How about that? Uh, round of applause. Yeah, for wow. Opening the crematorium. Yeah. We'll be back in business. <laughs> the party can continue. Yeah. So, as Hollywood Forever's profile in Los Angeles gained favor, business improved. The cemetery became a popular lo location for Russian clients who cherished monuments atop their graves. There's a lot of Russian yeah, names. Yeah, 30% of the cemetery is now Russian. Um, I, I, I saw it, in, like, it was an article that's like. Not. That's it was it was like ru like Russians dying to get buried at the Hollywood Forever or something like that. That, that was, was like that was like the click yeah that was the of uh, this article. That's like, a it's horrible funny. title. Well, I think they were like dying to get in. <laughs> yeah, I get you it. Know. I get it. Do you? No, Do say, you? It say it one more time. Russians okay, die. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> most cemeteries. Not Russian, by okay. the way. Right there. <laughs> John was not Russian, but he does have a pretty great, pretty iconic uh, memorial gravestone. Uh, but most cemeteries ban monuments for religious reason reasons. Hollywood Forever has no restrictions. Custom-designed de headstones include towering blocks of granite, life-size statues, and elaborate portraits engraved in stone. They will go from $20,000 to $200,000. So they're making that money now, you know? Those brothers. Uh. Those brothers. Uh. Mm. 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 If you're listening and you're not here, you're not one of the thousands of people at our live podcast, <laughs> first of all, next time, figure it out. And also, we're going to put up some pictures. We're going to put up some steamy pictures of yeah. the Cassidy brothers. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Um, but in 2010, scandal returned. Jules Roth would be so proud. Uh, Brent Cassidy and his father were in d were arrested for running a Ponzi-like scheme and stealing With a name like Brent Cassidy, you know he's doing that, yeah. right? That's the kind of name he, that person does he's that. He's the kind of guy that like paid someone to make him a single. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he had like, a music career for oh, a yeah, second. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Rebecca Black style. Anyway, he was also doing Ponzi shit. Uh, so he uh, was arrested for stealing more than $450 million from a pre-need funeral company they ran in Missouri. Authorities determined most of the money used to renovate Hollywood Forever came from these ill-gotten Ill -gotten proceeds. Brent and his father pleaded guilty to wire fraud and money laundering and were sentenced to prison. Um, Tyler Cassidy was not charged in the case. He's okay, but Brent sold his interest, and now it's a family-owned trust uh, with a board of directors. And even to this day, Hollywood Forever continues to thrive, and celebrities are again choosing the location for their last rites. George Harrison was cremated at Hollywood Forever, and his ashes were scattered in India. Other recent burials are uh, Tony Scott, Chris Cornell, um, and you know Scott Weiland was he? Something? Was he? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Fred Armisen will be buried there. Right. Um, yeah. So no, there's so a on the tour. If you take the tour, we'll go by. Yeah. There. So it says yeah, it's, 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 that's a real no, thing. Yeah. It is a real. We're not making any of this up. No. You said it like we made some stuff up on <laughs> they this. They have to figure running. it out though. <laughs> it's not there. It's like a scavenger run. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a murder clue? mystery. I thought we were yeah. doing a murder mystery. Where is Satan? Yeah, Satan. Maybe he's there. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know. Um. So you, you put some stuff in the cemetery, but you got to take some stuff out. So in 2017, there was uh, a Confederate monument in Hollywood Forever uh, put in by the Long Beach chapter of the United Daughters of the Confederacy. And in 2017, again, it was taken out. Bring stuff in, KonMari it out. Does it bring you joy? No? Does the Confederate <laughs> monument bring you joy? Get it out. Yeah. Get it out of there. And Paramount, too, after all of this, they had their own ups and downs, persists, as you might know. In 1994, Paramount was bought by Viacom, and in uh, 2006, Paramount became a parent of DreamWorks Pictures, and surprisingly enough, is arguably more haunted than its neighbor, Hollywood Forever. 
Ooh. So now we get to the real facts. <laughs> you want me to get? Are, are you jumping? You going to uh, Paramount now? No, we're or going. To, we're going to ghost shit now. Okay. Because I have some. I have some. Yeah, uh, why don't you say some stuff? Do you want? I just have a couple of little fun little facts. Yeah. Say about some facts. That's, uh, yeah. Um. So uh, we talked about. We saw like the Johnny Ramone uh, uh, monument is, is like pretty popular, right? It's like pretty much the one people go to. So uh, uh, for one thing, he's uh, he's not in there. He, his ashes are with his wife Linda Ramone. Okay. And uh, when she she dies, both of their ashes will go in there. So right now, there's it's just really uh, it's like kind of symbolic. But how Joey Ramone got the idea because the Ramone I don't know if any Ramones fans out there. I'm a huge Ramones fan. Um, I've I met met Joey Ramone. Okay, relax. Super cool. Well, I don't know. You're I like a famous guy. I like to talk music. Famous guy. I got. I like to. I'm a huge. Really? You know, this is my, my fun part. Hmm. Let me do my fun thing. Um, <laughs> you got. You had the Cassidy brothers. You yeah, know what I mean? Cassidy's. <laughs> we all did though, didn't we? Yeah, though? we, we did. all had a little piece. We all experienced we a little that tiny together. piece. We're forever bound. But uh, I kind of like wondered like why you know what I mean why uh, Johnny Ramone would want to be because he's he's kind of a more conservative Republican type so I thought maybe he would be like yeah, uh, yeah. you know uh, Hol- you know Hollywood but yeah yeah D.D. Ramone uh-huh. also Ramones uh, who died uh, at uh, was it sixty seven forty Franklin which is a little mm-hmm. fun thing died of a heroin overdose um, he was buried there mm-hmm. and uh, because he he died there and he was living there and Johnny Ramone went there and he was like I want to be buried here. You know what yeah. I mean? This is pretty cool. Yeah. And he uh, wanted it to be uh, like Jim Morrison's, uh-huh. uh, his grave in Paris. He's like, I want it to be something like that where people can kind of come and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, make it a thing and celebrate. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of uh, how that how that came about. Yeah. Um, I got another, I'm going to do another little Ramones connection. Uh, Alana Clarkson, yeah. uh, who is also buried there. Uh-huh. Uh, and she was killed. I guess I'll let, I mean, not according to Phil Spector. Um, uh, yeah. She was, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she was. loved guns. Yeah, she just loved, well, so uh, Lana Clark, she, uh, she was working at the House of Blues. She met Phil Spector and was like, I'm going to go home with this dude. Yeah. Seems pretty chill. Yeah. Seems like a he hell of a guy. He only carries four guns with him and he has 40 in his home. Yeah, what could go one wrong? one is in his hair. <laughs> like one is lodged in his big <laughs> ass bake of hair. You're just thinking of that one picture of him. That's why, why would I think of a different picture? Like, if I have that, why looks, do I need another like one? It's like a David Lynch movie <laughs> yeah. in one photo. Yes. So she's like, I'm going to go home with him and uh, the driver was outside and Phil Spector comes and here's a gunshot. Phil Spector comes out. He's like, I think I shot her. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Phil Spector said, no, just kidding. Ha ha. Um, she was, uh, she wanted to kill her. She wanted to kiss the gun, meaning yeah, yeah. suicide. Uh, yeah, but that's a cool, that's a cool guy. Now, if there's a suicide. lot of Phil Spector fans, Phil Spector <laughs> stands out there, sorry. Yeah. Um, he probably did. He, yeah. I mean, he probably definitely did it. My, he's my in family also has a Phil Spector connection, I believe, right? They're nodding in the back. Is that true? Right? Yeah. Uh, my uncle, our great, my great uncle. Great uncle Phil? Great uncle Phil. Phil Spector? Yeah, I related to Phil Spector. That's the big reveal. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, our, my great, great. Uncle Marshall was in the band the Teddy Bears. Oh, that was his, his band, yeah. Phil Spector. Yeah. That's it. Um, <laughs> but Phil Spector produced uh, a lot of. I mean, he produced a lot of great albums and stuff like that. One of them was the Ramones' uh, End of the Century. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember Rock, rock and Roll Radio, Chinese mm-hmm. Rocks? And he would like literally, like they'd be there 14, 15 hours and not record any music. Mm-hmm. And then there'd be a thing where you just like hit the drum <laughs> once. For hours, <laughs> and then when they're like, "We're gonna go," he's like, "Nope, I got a gun. You're staying here." Yeah, that's what yeah. that was. Phil it's Spector. Like wall of sound. How about wall of guns? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> how about that reference? Yeah, it's my one musical reference yeah. that I've ever known. L- little Beach Boys. Uh, yeah. How about that? Yeah. Ah, uh, Phil Spector. Yeah. We should. We could do a whole podcast about Phil Spector. Yeah. Someday. Right. Yeah. You can come. Oh, yeah. Be there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your grandfather did. Yeah, cool. Exactly. <laughs> you, exactly. If you can make some kind of connection, you can be there. I have to be related to him too somehow. Um, not related. Maybe you served him some pizza one time. If you ever had a wait staff position. How Maybe long has he been in jail saw for? A picture. Have you seen that picture? Since two thousand nine, <laughs> I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, he it was, he he murdered in two thousand three. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe everything's correctly. And uh, it finally, like you know, in two thousand nine, and he's not allowed to wear his wig in jail. Yeah, that's cruel. I feel like that's the Ugh. only thing. <laughs> The criminal. <laughs> that's the only industrial thing they report on. Yeah, <laughs> it's always like the the status of Phil Spector's wigs. Yeah, all his pictures are all different hairs. The, yeah, everyone yeah. is different. Exactly. Yeah. You collect them all. Yeah, <laughs> got to <laughs> catch them all. You, you could be his prison pen pal. We should get on that. All right. Right yeah, to Phil Spector. 
Yeah. Yeah, I bet he doesn't get a lot of mail. Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't know. More, I mean, more or less than Charles Manson. With the way true crime is yeah. and people yeah. like uh, like kind of like I don't know, fetish fan, fetishizing yeah, like uh, yeah. serial killers. You know what I mean? Who knows? But was yeah. he a serial killer? No, no, but I'm saying no. the way people sell, you know what I mean? People Yeah, he just loved there. killing people and threatening people with lots of guns all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, what's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, are are you Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Uh, did, did you talk, are you going to talk about Griffith uh Griff, was it Griffith? Griffith, uh, Jay Jay Griffith? Griffith? Are you going to talk oh, about yeah. that? Is that coming out? Okay. Uh no, I mean a lot of this if you're coming to the tour at uh noon on Saturday, we're going to talk about specific graves, we're going to talk about more ghost stories, we're going to talk about Strange stories that happened in the park. We're just kind of doing an yeah. overview because, goddamn, it's getting late, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, he he um he shot his wife yeah. by accident. Yeah, exactly. Out the window, yeah. two stories by accident <laughs> in Santa Monica in her eye. And you all go to Griffith Park, and you're like, I love Griffith Park. Yeah. Oh my god, I, I love to hike. it. I like going to the observatory. Ooh. It's a good date night mm. in the observatory. Guess what? La La Land. Griffith J. Griffith. He was shot his a wife crazy in the face. Person. He was a crazy person. Didn't kill her. He wanted you know? no. No. He didn't kill her. And she was very well liked by uh, Los Angelinos. She, yeah, she promptly divorced him. He went to jail. Then he was like, "Hey, uh, city of Los Angeles, you want this park for yeah. a price?" And they're like, "No, yeah, yeah, get out of here, go back to jail." And he's like, "Fine, fine, fine, fine. It's a long game. I get it." And then he's like, "All right, how about how about I gift you this park?" And LA's like, I'm "Listening, yeah." Mm-hmm. Well, he and thought the land was haunted, too, yeah, so he didn't exactly. even He had an ostrich farm on the land, too. That's, again, this is yeah, the whole... We, we did a mm-hmm. podcast about uh, Griffith We Park. sure did, yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of fun stuff with that guy. And he, he thought his wife was conspiring against him yeah. with the Pope. He had a very... He was a healthy yeah. man, yeah. mentally speaking. Um, but yeah, he has a really interesting history. He's in the, All of the uh, Hollywood founders are in Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Uh, well, let's talk about some ghosts now. Ooh. Just quickly, and then you can go to bed. (laughs) So the stages of Paramount Studios are located closest to the cemetery. People report seeing spirits clothed in 30s and 40s garb. Mm? Additionally, they report hearing mysterious footsteps wander through the studios and equipment turning on and off. Is that true? Yes. Not that you would know. No, I don't know. Okay. Great. The original producer and creator of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry, haunts the lot, the Paramount lot. Uh... Mean Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> yeah. Scaring the shit out of everyone. Right. He does not things. haunt the Roddenberry building. I did not take no. this from my car. <laughs> <laughs> There's Gene Roddenberry. What? What's wrong with you? Yeah, why? Life. <laughs> That's not Griffith, Jay Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> or Phil Spector. It's not everyone's like... <laughs> so he died in 1991, and he haunts the old Star Trek set sets, leaving a whiff of aftershave. I love it when ghosts leave like a little smell. When they yeah. smell good, yeah. yeah. Dracard noir really or something and like I that. I am just a, a living human woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when a ghost can smell good, it's like relax. You're already amazing. Well, I, 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 maybe somebody you can maybe page if this is something you maybe you maybe heard uh, through the grapevine. Uh, Charles Bronson. Uh, yeah, because his, his original last name was like uh, whatever it was. Charles Buczynski. Yeah, yeah, and they were like that name sucks. Yes. And then yeah. he just looked out and he's like, Bronson, uh, Charles Bronson. Yeah. <laughs> he just looked at a street sign. The intersection of Marathon yeah. and Bronson. That's how he got the name yeah. Charles, Charles Bronson. Marathon wow. wasn't gonna fly. So yeah. Charles Bronson. Yeah. That's how wow. they got it. I mean, you know. That's right. Legend I, has it. Thank God he didn't live in the Deep Valley. Yeah. Charles Whipple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Lancashire. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank God. Um, then there's stage 19. Spooky stage 19. Ooh, yeah. Right. I wish I took that photo. Um, and that is one of the most haunted places in Paramount, mm-hmm. um, where Happy Days and Wings was shot. Most security guards refused to work the night shift on stage 19. Security guards have a pretty rough when things are haunted. Oh, yeah. They've got all the right? stories. Definitely. Um, and I'm sure you can wait on this, but uh, it's haunted by Heather O'Rourke, the little girl from Poltergeist. Ooh, yeah. How about this? Carol Right? I don't have that headshot. That's not my possession. <laughs> I found that on the internet. That's also my mouth. Do you think she really wrote that? Didn't she pass away when she was really young? Yeah, she was 12. Yeah. She can write your name when you're 12. Not like that. (laughs) Right? It's a beautiful script. It is. It's gorgeous. Anyway. I'm jealous. That's all. Exactly. Um, According to the USC Digital Folklore Archives, this is the first citation I've had in 45 minutes. (laughs) One (laughs) evening, a man was talking to a night shift security guard who worked on stage 19 about the paranormal activities that go on at the studio. 
The security guard told the man that almost every night he hears running and laughing on the catwalk above the set, which is where Heather liked to play when she was on set on Happy Days. Also, unsafe. Don't let little actor girls run through the rafters. It was a different time. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. The security guard also told the man that sometimes they'd see the little girl playing on the stage. The man asked what they do when they see her. The security guard replied that they usually just tell her to leave and she runs off. I love that. A little girl actor that takes direction. Yeah. Even in death. Yeah. <laughs> the man decided that uh, of this testimonial from the Digital Folklore Archives that he wanted to test this out for himself. The guard led him onto the stage at midnight and bid him good luck before shutting the stage door. The man walked around and waited. He prepared himself to hear the running on the catwalk or to see Heather playing, but nothing happened. Finally, after 20 minutes or so, he decided to provoke the spirit a little by telling her to come out and play. Caroline. <gasps> Caroline. Why would you just use her regular name? Heather, Heather. O'Rourke. Doesn't sound as good. <laughs> Heather O'Rourke. <laughs> Doesn't sound as no, good. No, you're right. Um, not a second after the words left his mouth did the man feel a hand brush across his lower back. Kind of sexy, though. Oh. It was a different time. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> he immediately ran off the stage in terror. Outside, he told the security guard what happened and that he didn't exactly expect anything to happen. The security guard laughed and told the man that his expression looks just like the expression of the editor for Wings, not because of Wings, but because that he saw when he was editing the shots Heather's face in the background. Oh. This is very wings heavy. Yeah. <laughs> very it's wings heavy. The most what I've ever talked me? about, or anyone's talked about wings <laughs> exactly, in a while. Exactly, exactly. Nice. nice. Uh, the ghost of wings <laughs> just uh, haunts our spirits. Yeah. Um, back in Hollywood Forever, one of the many ghosts that possibly resides within the cemetery isn't Rudolph Valentino, but instead a ghostly woman in black who visits him to bring flowers. She shoes people away, right? Is it something like she that? She kind of shoes. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Too. Okay, there, there he is. Uh, so. Uh, Valentino died at 31, pretty young, on August 23rd, 1926. From a curse. From a curse. He was cursed. An ulcer. Yeah. That's why he died so young. He had a curse. He got a cursed ring. Really? Yeah. I didn't read this he, online. Oh, oh they, they, the, the shop owner warned him that the <gasps> ring was cursed, but he bought why it Why is anyway. he selling it? <laughs> uh, don't right? sell the ring. That's really, it's his fault. <laughs> I don't know. But Valentino had the ring, uh-huh. died really young of ulcers. Uh, the ring was given to his lover. She didn't die, but she got really sick, and her mm. career never recovered. Ooh. She gave the ring to someone. That's worse. I That's worse. I I no. <laughs> Fate worse than death. Um, no, the, and then it was given to her friend who was a singer. He was shot and killed. Whoa. He gave it to another guy who died in a truck accident. He gave it to his brother. And at this point, you know, yeah. everybody knows that the ring is haunted. So yeah. the brother put it in a safe house, locked it up. Uh, then and Bill it was Spector stolen. <laughs> Tangled uh, in a wig uh, as we speak. I'm taking creative liberties here <laughs> with the information. Sorry, yeah, everybody. We're Set your sources. No, um, <laughs> then the ring was stolen from the safe house. The thief was shot down Jesus. Like, in pursuit of the ring. Then it was locked away in a bank, and some guy wanted to make a movie about Rudolph Valentino, took oh. the ring out. And died 50 years later. Put it later. on the oh. actor, <laughs> and then the actor died. You can't make that up, you know? Yeah. These are facts. These are curses what? are facts. Curses are, fa- if you take away anything from this yeah. podcast recording, curses are facts. Yeah. Right. So now the ring is in a bank vault, um, uh-huh. but a lot of people have tried to oh, steal it, and um, there's, it's survived a lot of fires, but there's also theories that it has been stolen. Wow. So check your rings. Yeah. Check your rings. Well, everyone here looks great. We talked about that, so yeah. it's nobody in here. Nobody in here. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you can look great and die. Oh. <laughs> oh. Huh? Is that a challenge? Should we put that on a mug? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should we oh, put yeah. that on a mug? Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, Valentino died. It is suspected that 100,000 fans gather outside the funeral home in New York City. It's even rumored that a wax replica was utilized at the service in order to protect the real body of Rudolph Valentino um, and keep it safe from his adoring fans. As his body was brought back to California, fans gathered in railroad stations across the United States to simply catch a glimpse of the train carrying him. It's crazy. It's like an election. It's a. It's but I, you know, I think, like you know, the way we kind of uh, elevate celebrity now, it kind yeah. of it, it it makes a lot of. You He's know, also yeah. they say he was like the first sex symbol. Yeah, totally. And there's yeah. The, there's until you know, the Cassidys. <laughs> yeah, until the Cassidys. <laughs> um, apparently, in movie theaters, women would faint in the aisles when oh. Rudolph Valentino came on screen. Wow. He says just a cool name. That's why though. Yeah. His name is Rudy, so freaking cool. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Googleemi is not that great. <laughs> Get rid of that Googleemi. <laughs> 86 that, please. 
respectful, right? Yeah. <laughs> On a scale of not respectful to absolutely respectful, where he do we laugh? Fall? He, he would Valentino laugh. Valentino would laugh. Thank you. And he's like, hey, take this ring. That's already we do it. So even a plane flew overhead, raining thousands of rose petals down on the proceedings. Glamorous. Yeah. So he is in the second hallway on the left side of the cathedral mausoleum. So after he was laid to rest, the real mystery began. On the anniversary of his death, the crypt was visited by a mysterious woman in black, clad from head to toe, including a black veil. She left roses at Valentino's resting place. Every year she returned. We got some clips of that, too. How about that? Just, just uh, slowly, <laughs> nondescript, like really low key. Other than that, she seems great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> One suspected rumor was that the woman was uh, Pola Negri, who claimed to have been engaged to Valentino at the time of his death. Um, we're not in the forties. A woman named Marion Watson came forward and proclaimed that she was a lady in black. That Valentino had proposed marriage to her before she died, and that uh, he had fathered at least one of her children. Other women also came forward with outlandish claims of their pet. There's a bunch of photos like this where it's just like women. One more terrifying than the next. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Finally, a woman named Dietra Flame came forward. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> this oh is your boy. favorite part. Ugh. Supposedly, when Dietra was very young, she became seriously ill and was in the hospital. Valentino was friends with uh, her mother and came to visit the sick girl, bringing her a single red rose. A little too romantic for a kid's hospital visit. <laughs> it was a different time, Who's though. Who's counting? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he told her, you're not going to die at all. You're going to outlive me by many years, but one thing's for sure. If I die before you do, please come and stay by me, uh, by my side, because I don't want to be alone either. Please come talk to me. So Dietrich recovered shortly after Valentina's visit and after he passed away, remembered what he said, visited him yearly, but never publicized her story. She finally came out when too many pretenders began appearing, uh, citing herself as the lady in black. And by 1954, she became one of the many ladies visiting his grave, causing an annual memorial service. Frustrated at the large production that was being made of her annual trip, she stopped visiting for many years before resuming wearing street clothing in 1977. In 1984, she passed away and was buried... Um, her, tomb, her tombstone identified her as the Lady in Black. Many visitors still believe that the original Lady in Black, whoever she may have been, still spiritually visits the grave, placing flowers on it, her ghostly presence still playing respects to Valentino. Ooh. I stumble over a little bit of that, but not all of it. Well, that's intense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what else? What do you, what do you, what do you, what do I feel you got something. Would, would I get it? I feel like you got stuff. The was the ring not enough? Um, yeah. <laughs> no. No. Oh, so Valentino uh, probably definitely haunts Hollywood forever, mm -hmm. but he'll also come over to uh, Paramount. His lunch break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, oh, Hit that commissary. Oh, do you? Yeah, I'll just hop on by the, the lemon. Uh, yeah, Lemon Grove. Come lemon through Grove. Lemon Grove. Exactly. And so there's a building on the lot that's named after him, uh -huh. and security guards say that they can hear tap dancing because he was a dancer before yeah. he was an actor. So he's still entertainment. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, then we got we got a couple more to go through, but I got to put my password in here too. Also, well, you don't need to see this. Clifton Webb died in 1966. He was the original Mr. Belvedere. He haunts the Abbey of Psalms mausoleums. Strange lights, draft of cold air, smells of cologne. Again, the cologne, and whispered voices have been recorded coming from the mausoleum. Um, he is also supposed to haunt his old house at 1005 Rexford Drive in Beverly Hills. Even when he was alive, Webb believed that his house was haunted by a ghost, and after his mother died, he believed that her spirit moved in as well. Whoa. So it's like his spirit, her spirit, another spirit. How many spirits live in a Beverly Hills home? <laughs> many. Um, another, uh, he had a friend in Psychic that had an old throne that the chair is supposed to be a place of honor, um, essentially memorializing Clifton Webb, and that is also supposed to be haunted. Um, he's supposed to sit in it. And actually, if women try to sit in it, they are thrust out of the chair. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, exactly. So, um, there he is. The last spirit said to reside in Hollywood Forever's walls is the ghost of Virginia Rapp. She's got kind of a Kira Knightley vibe to her, I would say. Yeah. You, you can you see it? Sure. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Thought I'd get a little more uh, support for my co-host, but yeah. in the mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mouth. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Like bent it like Beckham times. Right. Yeah. Fair. So she attended a party on Labor Day in 1921 in San Francisco at the St. Francis Hotel. The party was in celebration of a recent contract that uh, Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle 
and he has his, he should have his own episode as well. But uh, she was celebrating him during the party. She became ill, and ambulance was required to come get her. And a few days later, she died at the age of 26. Um, scandal ensued with claims that he had raped her uh, after three high-profile trials. The first two ended up with hung juries. Oh boy, Arbuckle was eventually found not guilty, but his career never recovered. Now in Hollywood Forever Cemetery, there's supposed to be an icy coldness around her site of her grave, and the sound of sobbing can also be heard as well. Sorry, Virginia. If you stare at that long enough, it freaks you out. (laughs) Does it follow you? Um, No, she's gone. Now she's gone. And then finally, uh, Lemon Grove Side. It's the entrance. It's the thing that brings them both together. Uh, It goes from Paramount to Hollywood Forever, and it's supposed to be uh, the ghosts can stroll right in, walking around the gate, Rudolph Valentino poking their heads in, um, generally just having a party and doing their thing Yeah, through the graveyard into Paramount Studios. Wow. Do we miss anything that you may have heard of, like uh, Paige? Oh, gosh. A little quickie little thing? Uh, there are other haunted sound stages. Stage mm-hmm. 25 is haunted. Oh, yeah? Yeah, um, by a costumer. So, Ugh, bring him up. Cares, yeah. you know. <laughs> He's got a heartthrob. I'm not interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's you hit a lot of the yeah. good ones. And you'll hear more about it on the tour, I'm sure. Yeah, the tour's yeah. going to be great. Um, Definitely. It's uh, at noon at Hollywood Forever. We meet uh, right outside the gift shop. So, if you want to buy something, I, I made a little map. And we'll go into even more depths about the specific people and their stories in the graveyard. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a wholesome time. Hail Satan. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, what, this has been... This has been um, Hollywood Forever and Paramount Studios episode of, of Ghost, Ghost Town. Town. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, thank you to Dynasty Typewriter. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie. Um, um, thank you to our manager, WME, Studio 71, for making the podcast happen. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank Smith, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Stephen Safwick. Stephen, Stephen, Lindsay. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for our Patreon We have a podcast. Download it. Listen to it. We have more episodes. why not? If you sat through this, maybe sit through another. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.